This podcast is powered by Faith Bonds, connecting people financially. Paul's career started with running a corporate bond desk at a major EU bank, leading innovation and fixed income electronic trading, including starting the first electronically executable dealer-to-client bond desk on Bloomberg. He later went on to found his company BondQ. BondQ was the first to uncover the billions of latent liquidity within BuySide, proving the validity of all-to-all trading protocol used by leading fintechs today. Welcome to the show, Paul. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but I personally consider you the godfather of the bonds market as far as innovation is concerned. Uh, well, that's very generous. Um, I, I think uh, I'm certainly part of it um, and an ongoing part of it. Um, and the process is not over yet. Um, so we have a lot more work to do in the bond market to make it anything like as effective as the other markets like FX. It's interesting that you say this because the daily sum of buy-side orders in the bonds market far exceeds the ability of dealers or dealer balance sheets to price and provide liquidity for execution. If we're looking at the ratio, it's probably about 100 to 1 in daily traded volumes and it is supported by a small number of players, right? And I think the main problem as such is that hundreds and thousands of bonds are 100% owned by asset managers and that really see any dealer liquidity of traded volumes. So how does an asset manager then go about trading one of these or most likely in size, in good size? Yeah, you, you, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, let, let's be clear here from the beginning. The bond market is a very, very successful market. You know, the size of it far exceeds any other asset class. The one problem with it, as you've just highlighted, is how do you go about trading your portfolio effectively and efficiently? And that's really the gap we have to fill here. In all other markets, you can see liquidity, you can see pricing, um, you can get access uh, to uh, execution venues, um, and you don't have this reliance on dealers to provide liquidity for your transaction. So what we're really yeah. talking about here is a very large market. Uh, everyone is involved. There are huge buy-side orders sitting there every day, and we need to find a mechanism, uh, an infrastructure, a technology that can facilitate the buy-side to be able to execute effectively and not have to face the bottleneck of the dealers that you mentioned earlier. So if the dealers are the bottlenecks here, what, what else could be done? Well, dealers are very, very important to this whole infrastructure. They provide uh, price information uh, and probably more importantly than in any other markets, they provide the counterparty interface uh, for trades to take place. So unlike equities and futures, where there's a central limit order book, a central counterparty to clear all trades, anyone can trade with anyone, um, in OTC fixed income, you have to go through a broker. You have to go through a dealer. So they play an essential part in this. Um, what is missing is the ability for the buy sides to find the other side of their trade uh, beyond uh, the balance sheet of the dealers. And I think that's what we're really looking at here is the technology um, that let's face it exists in anything else we do. You know, if I want to buy something, I go to eBay or somewhere like that. I, I find a seller within seconds, um, yeah. but I can't do that in the bond market. 
So that kind of distribution of data, uh, even the democratization of data down to the retail level, it is so difficult you know, to find bond market information, uh, real time or, or even historical uh, on, a, on, a, on a costly uh, basis you know, that anyone can access. And the, the point is here, the regulators should really be interested in this. You know, democratizing this market is what they should be focused on so that you know, in the future, anyone can see pricing, um, anyone can see liquidity, um, and then they can get access to doing transactions uh, on, a, on a cost basis that is effective. You raise an interesting point there about making bond information available, especially in real time. And I think the biggest pullback with that is that transparency, yes, it could enhance liquidity, but at the same time, it could negatively impact market efficiency. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. You know, an OTC marketplace um, is a difficult place uh, to make transparency effective. So, you know, 20 years ago, the US introduced TRACE, uh, which is the reporting mechanism post-trade, and that dramatically opened up uh, access to traded volume price information and brought down costs dramatically. Initially, you know, the dealers didn't like it, uh, but in the end, the result was that trading costs came down. Uh, I would even argue volumes went up. Um, so, you know, initially there was a little bit of resistance, but in the end, you know, the market has benefited enormously from this. Um, even the EU is now trying to uh, implement the same sort of mechanism for its bond market. So. I would say, in principle, we have nothing to fear from transparency. Uh, but the key thing here is, you know, we need something a little bit more uh, focused than that in the bond market because it's OTC. So it's not just about traded volume. It's not just about seeing dealer prices. It's how do I go to the market with my order without uh, causing any market impact for myself? without showing that order to people who might not have uh, my best interests uh, at the forefront of their business. You know, how do I do that in a very subtle uh, but effective way? And that's really what we have to solve here is this kind of market infrastructure for going to market with your order, finding the right counterparty um, and executing it, and then having that data published in a way you know, that doesn't compromise what you're trying to do. So it, it, it's, it's about uh, distribution of data, connectivity, uh, and finessing transactions. And that the talks about data have become a pretty big central conversation, especially recently over the years where we've seen a lot of people then taking a great interest in how do we then, I wouldn't say monetize data, but how do we then use it to enhance customer performance, right? And in that being said, do you think that the illiquidity during risk-off periods are now than before? Um, well, yeah, two things there. Firstly, uh, data. Um, the amazing mm. thing about data in fixed income is how expensive it is, um, how, how low the quality of it is. Um, and the really remarkable thing is that this data is really owned and created by dealers uh, in the prices that they make um, and by buy sides 
in the uh, knowledge that they have of making RFQs, um, receiving back lots of dealer responses. Um, they own all of that data, but curiously, um, they either give it away for free um, or worse, uh, actually don't use it at all. So I would argue that uh, within the uh, interactions of buy sides and dealers, you have a huge amount of incredibly high quality data being generated. Most of it is never used, it's thrown away. Uh, so we could solve that very, very easily. Um, and then, you know, make it uh, available to you know, anyone who wanted to sort of participate in this. And as I mentioned before, you know, the regulators should be really interested in this sort of thing because you know, they have a responsibility, like, like you mentioned just a moment ago, about risk-off situations. It's, it's not a comfortable situation for a regulator to be, to be looking at a market that effectively has shut down uh, because uh, of the volatility. You know, when you get volatility in other asset classes, volume goes up. It does not go down. Uh, and, and, and that is a problem we really need to solve because, as I mentioned before, you know, the bond market is bigger than any other asset class. It cannot shut down when it's, when it's volatile. That is just a, a real failure. Uh, and I think regulators should be uh, curious about, you know, how, how to solve that. Yeah, and I think uh, the biggest concern is that reduced liquidity within the fixed income market. Um, I think you can keep it there, Paul. Thank you for the great conversation. And Thank you for tuning in. Catch us on our next episode where we unravel the unbeheld with Naomi Deva. Thank you.